a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. It's a Friday, and on Friday, that's when things uh, change. That's when the best laid plans, uh, they go uh, from this to that very quickly. Uh, I want to let you know something coming up in uh, about an hour from now. I, I insist you, you listen into this conversation. It's an important one uh, because of something which transpired uh, over the last couple of days. There is a, a mural uh, which has been painted. Uh, well, I'm sorry, it's not painted. It's been, it's been constructed. It's a big piece of art. Uh, and it is hanging on the side of the Dinwiddie Building in Salt Lake City. It was unveiled uh, just yesterday. The mural commissioned uh, by Zion's Bank uh, was intended to honor women's suffrage, and it depicts images of 250 women uh, from the past and the present. And uh, there is a long listing of the names of all the women who are on there, uh, many fine women who have uh, contributed uh, much to American society, Utah society, but there are also... Uh, uh, a number of names uh, which are absent, and a number of faces uh, which are absent. And uh, during the commercial break, just before we came back, I uh, just got off the phone uh, with uh, former Congresswoman Mia Love. Uh, she, uh, I will point out, is not one of the images depicted on this uh, mural. I think that is unfortunate. She uh, certainly deserves uh, to be amongst these women depicted, uh, but she uh, had some other names that she uh, takes great offense at learning were not included in this mural, again, which is a massive, massive undertaking, 250 images. It's been, it was put together by uh, the, the woman who did the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, uh, you know, that, that piece of art? You know, where there's like a drum and some uh, tubas and instruments and there are uh, people all gathered together. The stylings are very similar. You'll recognize uh, the stylings. And uh, there are some images uh, which have been left out. And there are those who have taken great offense uh, to that uh, after this uh, mural, which has been commissioned by Zions Bank, revealed, in fact, who was, uh, uh, who was included and who was not included. So uh, just after 2 o'clock, a conversation between myself uh, and Mia Love, we're going to look at who is and who is not a part of this mural, which hangs on the side of the Dinwiddie building. That's coming up about an hour from now. Right now, though, I have to uh, discuss something uh, very curious. Very curious. Uh, Producer Amy brought this to my attention just yesterday as the program was wrapping up. Uh, some comments delivered by, uh, by Speaker Pelosi. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, arguably the most powerful Democrat on the planet, right? Uh, who, who wields more power within the Democratic Party right now? Arguably no one. I mean, uh, Senator Schumer, you know, he'd like to think he's pretty powerful, but no, that's McConnell's house. In the House of Representatives, it's Nancy Pelosi that wields the power. And she said that she doesn't think Joe Biden should debate President Trump on the debate stage. 
since you asked about that, I myself, just don't tell anybody I told you this, especially don't tell Joe Biden, I don't think that there should be any debates. I do not think that the president of the United States has comported himself in a way that anybody should, has any association with truth, evidence, data, and facts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't legitimize a conversation with him, nor a debate in terms of the presidency of the United States. Now, I know that the Biden campaign thinks in a different way about this. All right. She doesn't like what she saw in 2016. That is fueling her attitude on this front. Here's what she had to say about 2016. I thought what he did in the uh, 2016 was disgraceful, stalking Hillary Clinton like that. I was disappointed that the press didn't say, go back to your station. You're not here. You don't own this stage. You, are, you have your own podium. She has hers. So I, I think that he'll probably act in a way that is beneath the dignity of the presidency. He does that every day. Uh, but I think he will also belittle what the debates are supposed to be about. And they're not to be about uh, the skullduggery on the part of somebody who has no um, respect for the office he holds, uh, much less the democratic process. Why else would he try to undermine the elections in the manner in which he is doing? So if Joe Biden asked you what I thought about it, I don't think that he should dignify that conversation with Donald Trump. Don't worry, I Googled that word for you. Yeah, skullduggery. Underhanded or unscrupulous behavior or trickery. Skullduggery. Thanks to Nancy Pelosi, we now have another uh, word in our vocabulary. Okay, now, what does Joe Biden think about that? Well, last night he appeared on MSNBC, of course, and had this to say. I, I'm going to, as long as the commission continues down the straight and narrow as they have, I'm going to debate him now. I know for certain that they're going to, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to be a fact checker on the floor while I'm debating him. In fact, and, but look, the one thing that's gone on so far is the vast majority, with notable exceptions of the news media, have been fact checking the things they've been saying during the convention. And it's just one lie after another. Lying, 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 one after another. And but the debates are going to take place. I've been recommended to me by a number of very uh, competent people who know their way around, including leading Republicans, that I shouldn't debate Trump unless there's a fact checker uh, on the ground. I mean, in there in the debate saying that's true, that's not true. But look, uh, I think everybody knows this man is uh, has a somewhat pathological tendency not to tell the truth. All right, so there's Joe Biden. He's gonna. His intention is to debate. The first of three debates will take place. What I think September 29th at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Uh, funnily, Lonsberry fact. My best friend growing up went to Case Western Reserve, and I went hung out with him there a few times. Cleveland's a very fine city. Now, originally, the first debate was scheduled to be held at uh, Notre Dame, uh, but they withdrew after uh, they say that they couldn't have. Uh, they'd have to limit student attendance and volunteer opportunities because of the pandemic, and that was just unfair to the students. And so uh, Case Western Reserve said, uh, uh, send them our way. Send them to Cleveland. In Cleveland, we're tough enough and we can take it. So September 29th, uh, Case Western Reserve, that'll be the first of three presidential debates. Uh, Just a reminder, too, October 7th, October 7th, not a presidential debate, but a vice 
presidential debate will take place right here in Utah at the University of Utah, Salt Lake City. Uh, it's going to be huge. Moderator to be announced. Let me just put in a, a little plug for myself. Hey, uh, uh, debate people, if you're, if you're making choices still, uh, I, I, I think I'm free that night. I'll do. I've done it in the past. I debated a congressional debate recently. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big shot. Maybe they'll let me moderate that one. Probably not. Uh, and then October 15th and 22nd are the two remaining presidential debates. I think I think that they're all going to come off without a hitch. I think it's going to happen. And I don't understand for the life of me why it is that uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, said that she doesn't believe there should be any debates. It just doesn't go. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Strategically, it doesn't make sense. And to do so from her power or her position of power uh, makes it all the less uh, sensical. Don't understand that. We're going to get to a Utah perspective. Jeff Merchant next from the Utah Democratic Party, the chairman of the party here in Utah, will give, his, his, give us his reaction next. We're also uh, going to read some uh, responses from some, some big shots here in Utah as to whether or not uh, a debate should take place. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live, Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Happy to be with you on this Friday. I'm in. I'm in a really good mood. You know it, what it is. Uh, I have. Uh, I got some pretty good news yesterday. I, I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you exactly what's going on uh, in, in the world of Lee Lonsberry right now. But on Monday, on Monday. Whew, Monday's going to be a special day, so you better be tuned in uh, on that day. This excitement that you hear in my voice right now, it's only, it's only uh, going to be greater. So tune in Monday. Big surprise. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, some comments made just yesterday in a press briefing as during the question and answer period uh, where Speaker Nancy Pelosi made herself available to reporters. She was asked about presidential debates, whether or not uh, she was looking forward to them. And her answer was, you know, I don't think they should happen at all. I don't think that President Trump uh, has been dignifying his office uh, and it would be to be inappropriate. And uh, Joe Biden, the Democrat nominee for president, uh, should not dignify uh, should not dignify uh, that by participating. All right. Uh, And so reaction has been uh, mixed for the most part. for the most part, Speaker Pelosi is not uh, receiving much support. In fact, uh, Joe Biden on MSNBC just last night said, uh, I'm, "I'm debating. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be debating. Uh, you know, I, I get I get what she's saying, but uh, I I intend uh, to go toe to toe with Donald Trump, and I intend to win." Uh, essentially, what he had to say. Uh, so I was thinking about all right, well, Utahns. There are some uh, some heavy hitters in the Democratic Party here in Utah. Uh, reached out to Scott Howell. You know him well, former uh, Utah State Senator, uh, a surrogate for the Biden campaign. I asked him, what, "What do you think about what Pelosi had to say?" And he said, uh, "Unfortunately, I think the speaker makes some valid points, but I believe the public is entitled to hear from the candidates. I, I, I agree with that 100 <clears> percent." <throat> Uh, he thinks that uh, the debates are critical to uh, the democratic process. Also reached out to the co-chair of the Utah Debate Commission, Karen Hale. Uh, you know her, uh, her accomplishments here in the state of Utah. She, uh, in response, said candidate debates are a meaningful, effective mechanism for engaging voters. The electorate is well served when candidate performance can be evaluated and compared as opposing candidates are put on the spot to respond to questions. Voters can learn through publicly aired debates about candidates and how those candidates would respond to critical issues if they were elected. 
civil debate and voter awareness is essential to the electoral process. Those uh, are the words of Karen Hale, co-chair of the Utah Debate Commission, which was so instrumental in bringing the vice presidential debate here to Utah October 7th. Remember that. Uh, And they don't have a moderator yet. Uh, So uh, planners out there, I'm free that night if you need me. I I can ask questions. I I do it daily. Uh, another reaction I was eager to, to get was that of uh, Jeff Merchant, uh, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party, who joins me on the line now. Mr. Merchant, sir, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Lee? Uh, I'm all right. A little bit fired up uh, on this Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. Um, but uh, but this this topic I'm here as to... Man, I'm excited about this uh, surprise on Monday. You don't no. want to give us any kind of a hint, huh? No, I'm sorry. I can't. It's uh, it, And it's more for me. Uh, really than anyone, but I'm I'm looking forward to sharing with it. Uh, a big surprise coming on Monday. I'll uh, I'll, I'll text you offline. Right, I'll, I'll we'll give you I'll ahead. give you a sneak. When you heard yesterday, <clears throat> or whenever you came up upon these comments from Speaker Pelosi that she uh, wasn't uh, too thrilled about the notion of presidential debates going forward. In fact, uh, going further than that and saying that they shouldn't happen. How do you react? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I. I think that uh, what you just mentioned, uh, that Karen Hale and and uh, Scott Howell said, I think that those are both pretty valid points. Debates are, are an instrumental part of the process, and uh, anybody who's been following uh, my comments uh, has seen some of the criticism that I've had, even with uh, someone like Spencer Cox, who hasn't been engaged uh, nearly as much as I feel like he should have been in debating with uh, Chris Peterson at the gubernatorial level, but I see where Nancy Pelosi is coming with this one. Um, you know, in my opinion, and I think that, that clearly in the speaker's opinion, uh, Donald Trump has a hard time not turning anything like this into much more than a sideshow. And uh, I think that uh, her view is is that the presidency is is something that should be taken a little bit more seriously. You know, frankly, I think that the biggest problem is that uh, we have a president right now who has a penchant for telling untruths or half-truths, and the reality is is that a lot of research out there shows that when someone doesn't tell the truth, it's really hard for us as the public to be able to, to determine truth from fiction. We saw that just the other day when he indicated that uh, the Democratic Party in uh, each night of the convention took the word uh, God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, there's documented proof that that didn't happen, and he tweeted that. I mean, it's just an outright lie, and there are people that believed it. So I certainly get where uh, Nancy Pelosi is coming from uh, in terms of, of being concerned about having debates. Was there anything strategic about it? I just, uh, you know, I worked in Washington for a long time, and a lot of the decisions that are made uh, are often, you know, you, you at least attempt to look three or four steps uh, down the road. There's not a lot of, like, knee-jerk reaction that happens in Washington. Everything has a, has a purpose and a reason. What, what was her purpose and reason for uh, sharing that view? Uh, how could she not know that Joe Biden himself w- would not take the same uh, tack or, or have the same position? Well, you know, I agree with you. I think that most things are done uh, in a very thoughtful way. Nancy Pelosi certainly, uh, I would argue, probably more than than Joe Biden is a thoughtful um, person in the sense that uh, she does not usually shoot from the hip when she speaks. She is a, she case, is a surgical tactician. Yes, and and I certainly don't know in this case if this was just a. a 
a slip up or or her emotions getting the better of her. I doubt that. I think that honestly, her belief is that uh, Donald Trump does not represent what we as a nation should expect from the presidency. Now, you know, I mean, I think that there are going to be those that um, are cynical about it and are going to make the claim that, well, you know, Joe Biden was so shaky in the debates with uh, his his own Democratic colleagues that he couldn't stand up to uh, to President Trump. I, I actually don't think that that's going to be the case. We saw as the field narrowed during the uh, Democratic debates that uh, Joe Biden really kind of came into his own. I think he had a hard time, certainly, when there were 8, 10, 12 people on the stage. As we got down to those final debates, things started to shift. So I, for one, am really excited about uh, seeing these debates. I think that uh, they'll be good. But certainly, uh, I, I see where where the speaker is coming from in the sense that uh, there should always be concern when you have someone who is um, as unpredictable as Donald Trump is, um, you know, engaging in in the democratic process. You don't you don't think that this you don't think that these words from Pelosi communicate any lack of faith in Joe Biden, even in this setting. You know, I really don't. I don't think that uh, I don't think that she's really concerned about about his ability to stand up to Donald Trump, to be able to refute Donald Trump. I think that, uh, you know, as we saw two weeks ago in the, uh, you know, during the Democratic convention, um, you know, both the the live portions of that and the, the taped portions of that show uh, the vice president is is very cogent. He's he's uh, ready to take on Donald Trump. He's uh, you know I think he's very prepared to talk about the real issues. Now the question is, are we going to talk about the real issues, which uh, at the forefront of everybody's minds are things like COVID, getting the economy back on track, all of that. I mean, if you listen to uh, President Trump, I mean he's been leading the country for four years. And every time he talks, including last night when he spoke, it was all about how if you elect Donald Trump, then, you know, Donald Trump's America is going to be better than the America we have today. Well, he's had four years, you know, and uh, I don't know about you, but I certainly don't know if I like the idea of rioting in the streets, people angry, the economy in shambles, people having to wear masks. And, um, you know, this country is not what it was four years ago when uh, Barack Obama left the White House. And if the only standard is where the Dow, Dow Jones Industrial is, as a country, we've got some really big issues. I have to let that be the last word. Jeff Merchant, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party, sir, thank you for your, uh, for your perspective on this one. Absolutely. Anytime, Lee. Have a great day. All right, you do the same. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to get some news. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with uh, a professor of political science from Brigham Young University. There is another study. Have you noticed a trend lately? Brigham Young University is coming out with study after study after study, helping us understand what's going on in the world of politics, in the world of health, and otherwise. I've been very impressed, and there is another hit coming after the break. We'll speak uh, with a professor of political science on the question of mail-in voting. It turns out history shows that really no party is able to take advantage of mail-in voting. It benefits no one and everyone. Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do 
when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.